Podcasting from a sex writing cave from somewhere in the middle of the internet, this is The Smutlancer, a weekly podcast where we discuss creating content about sex and getting paid to do it. The Smutlancer podcast is hosted by me, Kayla Lords, and Molly Moore. We're two sex bloggers who have more ideas than time in the day. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. The Smutlancer podcast is produced weekly, except during those times when we finally admit we need a break. Show notes are found at thesmutlancer.com. When you're ready to take your smut lancing career to a new level, join the Smut Lancers community on Patreon. For as little as $5 per month, you can ask questions, get answers, and interact with an entire community of other people who do what you do and want to get paid to do it too. Head to patreon.com slash the smut lancers to learn more. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Smut Lancers podcast, to the weeks when all is right with the world because I am not alone. I'm recording with my friend Molly Moore. If I forgot to say at the top, hi, this is Kayla Lords. How are you doing, Molly? I'm, I'm good. Like, it's quite summery, sultry weather here, which is not very England. Um, but it's a bit. It's kind. It's actually a bit um, humid and muggy today. It's not like hugely sunny, but it's very warm. So um, yeah, so that's good for me because I like the heat. I know, and every time I'm uh, hot and sweaty in my backyard, I think Molly should you be think here. Of me. Yeah, and you're right. <laughs> I should be there. You're absolutely right. That I, I should be there. That's like my kind of natural habitat. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, apart from that, the world is still on fire and I hate all of it. Um, but, yeah. you know, today I've got a nice purple dress on and it's warm and the door is open and I just, and I've got a cup of tea and I'm talking to you. So it's, a, a, funnily enough, this whole topic is about balance and that's the balance of it. The outside world uh-huh. is on fucking fire. Um, uh-huh. But we find good moments and good things and uh-huh. yeah. So I think I think that's that's a wonderful metaphor for the whole right. for the whole thing. So let's go ahead and jump into this week's topic. And actually, like we have said before, but we've never I think done directly, we sometimes will get a question that we're like, actually, that should be its own episode. And we did that when we put out the call for questions for next week's Q and A mailbag episode. We got one that we were like, "Ooh, we could totally just talk about this for a whole episode." Uh, this question comes from Quinn Rhodes um, at On Queer Street on Twitter. You have heard from Quinn in pre- a previous episode. We love Quinn and Z. Z Z's our, Z's our, our resident. Smart answer historian. Yes, and Z always asks the best questions. <laughs> like I'm like, oh, I wow, I have, I might not have thought of it that way, or oh, that's a really good one, and now I've got all the feels, and this is one of them. So I'm gonna read through the question that um, Z asked, and then we will jump into it because we both have our own experiences and thoughts about this. So, question mm-hmm. is, uh, when struggling with chronic illness slash mental illness slash disability, it's not always possible to push through and finish your daily to-do list, even if you've been reasonable with your goals for the day. Sometimes I just have to take a nap. I'm getting better at listening to my body and letting myself stop working to self-care. However, that means that tasks end up rolling over into my scheduled, quote, days off. So I never have any days when I'm not anxiously trying to write words or reply to emails. Ooh, same. Uh, Any... (laughs) (laughs) Any advice for maintaining boundaries between work and the rest of your life when you sometimes have to take a day off when you thought you could work? I end up feeling guilty whether I push through or let the tasks roll over to my day off. Taking care of myself is hard. Also, that is a very accurate statement. Uh, Taking care of yourself is very hard. So um, I know Quinn's question comes from the viewpoint of a chronic illness or mental illness or disability. Um, but this, and that does make it all much more difficult, but I do think it's also difficult even when you don't have that. I can speak from the perspective of having a mental illness that will sometimes slow me down, but I think some of these things are, are kind of universal in the, the guilt and the difficulty with it. So, um, Molly, what are some of your initial thoughts on Quinn's question? So I think. First of all, that regardless of who you are and whether, like you've mentioned, like mental health and stuff like that, 
I think that for most people, this is something particularly, so most people, if you work for yourself, freelancing or whatever, in that kind of sense, running your own business, whatever you do, I think this is something that everybody has trouble with in some degree, whether it's like a really massive problem or whether it's a small thing um, that you overcome. So I think it's really important to remember that, that like this is not, you're not alone in having these difficulties because I think that particularly when you work for yourself, freelance, whatever your kind of situation is in that sense, it's very different. When you have a job, um, you get up and you put your job clothes on and you leave the house. Obviously, this was, you know, in the days gone, in the, in the good old days when people went out to work. Um, obviously, there are lots of key workers and people like that who are, have continued and are still going out to work. But I just meant as a general thing, you know, or when everyone was going to school, you got up, you get, you do your thing, you go to a place whether that was work or school, and you put in the time there and you do the thing. And for a lot of people, their job can be quite um, encapsulated in that time when you went to work. Particularly, perhaps if you work in a sh- if you worked in a shop, or you worked like you know, perhaps you worked on reception somewhere or something like that. Your job is very much kind of what you did at your place of work. You didn't then take your work home with you and continue that. Like when you finished. So it's so much easier to compartmentalize, I think, when you have those kind of natural boundaries in place. Obviously, the big one there is that physical boundary of going to a different place to work. Um, Or in the case of school, going to school, although clearly school bleeds over into home because we've all been indoctrinated with this idea that homework somehow is the thing that we shall be doing in my opinion it's just a way of getting people used to the idea of working for free um in your in your downtime um and that actually you should be able to get all your schoolwork done at school and then go home and read a book and see your friends and do whatever else you need to do which is exactly how a job should be you shouldn't then have to go home and do another eight hours of work over the course of a week at home but let's not get into that Around about kind of shitty capitalism so clearly the, the whole point there is that you there's the biggest boundary of all which is the physical boundary and then for a lot of the a lot of other things may be in place in the sense that you may have boundaries because of the technology that you use at work you can't then use at home whatever stuff like that so it's so much easier than when your work is sitting in the room with you all the time because you don't have any of that, like you haven't got the physical boundary, you haven't got the like, well, I can't do that because I left that at work, I left my computer at work, or I left that folder at work, or, you know, you literally left it in the other room. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> or it's on the floor can... next to you where you're sitting, <laughs> and you're like, uh, uh-huh. yeah, mm. yeah, right. So that makes it really challenging. And so I think that as I've said in so many episodes before, is to be kind to yourself about this stuff because it's hard and everybody struggles with it. And I suspect that everybody has different ways of dealing with it that they've developed over the course of time and that I suspect if anybody's even vaguely like me, they've developed, and I know you are the same, Kayla, have developed over time because you have because you've had to, because otherwise you realised you were working seven days a week. You were literally every day saying, well, I must just do a little thing. I must just do a thing. And then like your family and any other life outside sitting in front of your computer is kind of wedged in around it rather than doing work and then actually having time away from it. And so I think that lots of people develop mechanisms for how to manage and balance that as they go along, because I think a lot of people start off probably not realizing how hard it can be and how easy it can be to be sucked in sucked in sucked in um one of the things for me i will say and i have we've talked about this before is that 
I am quite flexible with my time over the course of a week because I will often decide to be like, well, I didn't start work till midday or one or two in the afternoon because I spent my morning doing something for me. And so as a result, I may work till nine, 10 o'clock at night. That's me. And I kind of quite like that fluidity to it. Although I do know that that has caused work to constantly bleed into the weekends. Um, But on the other hand, I then will often be like, well, I did do a lot of work on Saturday night. But actually, as a result, I didn't really do any work on Monday or most of the day, you know, I had that day and I went and did things that maybe I would have done on Saturday or whatever. So that works ish for me. But I know for many people, that wouldn't be the case, they need something much more kind of like compartmentalized as in, you know, I get up in the morning, and I do my work, and I want it finished at five, and I want to spend the evening with my family and whatever. So I think one of the things is to identify really what like what that means to you like when you want to do that and when you don't like it doesn't we definitely talked about this before as well I think I'm going to say this a lot in this episode it doesn't you don't have to work nine to five or eight to four or whatever if you decide that actually the time for me to work is get up actually I'm a real early bird riser I want to get up at 6 a.m and I work from 6 a.m till midday and then I don't, then I'm done at midday. Do that if that feels right, you know? If actually you're a bit more like me and you're like, actually, I kind of like to start work at about one or two in the afternoon. If you're getting the work done and that fits in and you're managing everything and that is what you're comfortable with, then do that. Um, like, so I just think maintaining boundaries between work and the rest of your life I think is so personal depending on like what your life is like and how you want that to work like do you really need that firm structure of like I always work from x to x and then I shut it down I walk away and I don't do it I don't do anything on it or actually are you comfortable with a kind of slightly more fluid thing some of the things that I've heard and I have actually thought about doing Um, if I had a little bit more money, I would do this because one of the things I've heard is about compartmentalizing your devices. So you have, you do certain things on certain devices. And so you do say, for example, all your work, all your writing, all your work on your laptop or a desktop, ideally at a desk that stays there, that you don't then carry off around with you so that you're doing work in other parts of your life. I have also heard, particularly people who are writing a book, if you're looking to write a novel, um, one of the tips I heard was get an old laptop because all you need it to do is word processing. Take off everything else, take off every other app, take off everything else, even maybe disable it from any your wi-fi or whatever and you literally use that device to write your book you open that whenever you're going to do like you say oh i write for two hours a day on my book and you do it on that device so that there's no social media in the buzzing away in the background you sit away from everything else and the book gets written on this device where there's nothing else like you can't check emails on that device you, you, you stop all that. This is literally just you open that document or however you're writing your thing and you write in that and that's all you do on that device. Um, so device separation can be quite a good way of being like, I don't do work. Like I mostly, 90% of the time, do not look at any email on my phone because otherwise I'd be checking email all the time it's like with me all the time now I can look at my email on my phone so if it's really urgent if someone like sent me a dm or something like that where I just or or something or I wanted to send an email like it's there but I very very rarely use my phone to read or send emails because I try to be like emails are mostly work related all my emails 
And so they are things that I sit down and do at my desk. They're not things that I want to sit on the sofa and do or while I'm out at wherever I am, you know, waiting for my kid in the car or whatever I'm doing. So having some tricks like that are really useful, like making boundaries using devices. Clearly, that can be, could be, but can be cost prohibitive because obviously devices cost money. Um, but I do know and have heard of people who literally have like, they have like a desktop and then they have their phone and then they have something, a tablet or something else, which, you know, and on their tablet, they only watch like videos and, you know, they do all their kind of TV video watching on their tablet. And then they have like somewhere else where they do social. So they keep everything separate so that it's not like bleeding over all the time. Um, so that's one of the things. Um, I feel like I could prattle on. Like, what do you want to say at this point while I have a pause and a thing? Well, I want to say, one, I th- I agree with you completely, and I do some of the things that you've mentioned. Uh, one of the things I do, I did it semi-intentionally, which is my desktop computer, which is brand new, and I'm very proud of it, and I was very excited to get it. Uh, that is, I use it for everything. I use it to do online shopping. I use it for taking uh-huh. care of the kids like school stuff i use it for work sure but i if if i decide that i'm not doing any work that day like it's a day off i don't touch that computer i yeah. if i can't do it from a tablet or a phone it just doesn't get done unless it's urgent yeah. um yeah. and so i end up sitting at my desk longer during the week or on days when i'm telling myself okay this is a day that i'm I'm working um, because I want to get all of that other home kind of admin stuff done because for me, my desk, my computer, that represents work time. And when I want to take time off, then I want to disconnect from that. Even if I have my phone or my tablet, which yes, it's exactly what I do. I watch YouTube videos. I'll scroll through my preferred social media, blah, blah, blah. And I'm getting better at not looking at social media on the computer and delineating that in my head. Um, Mm -hmm. So I have done a version of that and it it takes Mm -hmm. time to develop that habit to get used to it, but it can be helpful. Um, The other thing I want to say is I've done and do everything else that you've described. I especially have very much a schedule that is... I mean, it's a little a little uh, amorphous around the edges, but essentially I know I'm going to start work by, I'm at, I'm at about 9.30 to 10 o'clock in the morning. Uh, that's when I'm going to start. And in a perfect world, I've stopped work by dinner time. That's about 5, 5.30 for us. So yes, we, we eat dinner like old people. <laughs> Very early, we are blue plate special kind of people. Um, I'm totally with you on that, by the way. <laughs> I know, I'm like, let's eat and be done. Yeah, and totally. I'm hungry. Yeah. So the thing I want to talk about that I can relate to in Quinn's original question is what if you do all of that and you set all of your really good intentions and you set the realistic to-do list and because of, like in my personal case, it ends up being mental health, but it might not be. It might be because you got sick. It might be because something else from life like threw you off. Your kid got sick. Right. It could be, who knows? And despite your best intentions, now things are not getting done or you're feeling overwhelmed and now it's bleeding over into your off days. So what I can tell you from the, especially the mental health aspect, because that comes in waves and cycles for me. So I can feel it coming. It's not like the uh oh, a kid got sick and three days later they're better. This is uh if it's gonna hit me, sure. it might last a couple weeks. So first of all, the process that I have is an ongoing learning experience, which means I never do it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Every time I go through a cycle, especially if it's my anxiety, because that'll really like jack me up. Um, I learn something to try to remember for the next time. And I try to like learn some best practices that I do my best to do. So one of those things is something that Molly's talked about many, many times before, and that's self-forgiveness. Okay. First of all, there is nobody standing over us, keeping score, grading us, and they're not going to hand us a report when we're done about how well (laughs) we handled this. So whoever you're trying to be perfect for, I know it's the lying liar in your brain. I get that. But that outside of your own mind, that person does not exist. So nobody is judging you. Most people aren't paying attention because yeah. they're in their own little world dealing with their own stuff. Yeah. Um, 
so that's the one thing like I have to when my especially if I'm going through a bipolar moment where I'm going from manic to depressive manic I have all the energy in the fucking world this is not an issue but once depression hits it's gonna slow everything down and Uh I have learned where I can to just let myself feel my depression. Now I get to say that as somebody whose depression does not, that does not knock me out for weeks at a time. It does not make me completely unable to move. Um, so I do still have some functionality in my life when I'm going through that. It's greatly diminished though. There, your plans, your to-do list, just toss that shit out the window because none of it matters at that moment from my experience. So the way I handle it, because I am freelance and if I don't work, I don't, get paid Mm -hmm. um i then prioritize uh everything that makes me money i do it slower um i i have got my my clients know me well enough to know that they know when they should be hearing from me and i do feel a lot of guilt when i'm late to stuff Mm -hmm. but because i've built up the and i don't mean late as in i missed a deadline but i'm late by my standard they always hear from me on monday and now it's wednesday but mm-hmm. I still hit my deadline. I hold on to a lot of guilt over that because I've set that expectation. But because I've set that expectation, they are very forgiving. They know something must be going on. And they also know I'm getting the work done. Um, mm-hmm. So when something is going on, um, I would do this if I got sick, if one of the kids got sick, if John Brown's sick, if something else is going on in life, it tends to happen when my, my mental illness flares. But... I only really focus on what has to get done because there's a deadline and I get paid for it. Uh And I just let myself do it slower. Now I know Quinn personally. So I know that some of Quinn's work is pitched stuff like, Hey, I'm, you know, I pitched an idea. They've given me a deadline. Do not be afraid to request an extension. If if you can't make it happen because your Mm -hmm. own chronic illness or your own chronic conditions are keeping you from it, Mm -hmm. you, the worst thing you can do, two worst things I think you can do is either harm yourself in trying to get it done, which then you're probably producing content. That's not even as good as it could have been. And that person on the other end does not know you just went through hell and that you're in a really bad place. All they know is you turned in content. That's not that great. Um, And the other thing is to just skip it completely and either go, Oh, well that's over now or just never communicate. So are there going to be some editors who are asses? Of course there are. Um, I mean, it's very easy for me because I'm in a very financially secure position to go. You don't want to fucking work with them anyway, but I know people got to eat. Um, though, if you figure out or you think you might be working with the asshole editor, okay, prioritize their stuff over the forgiving editor. In today's world, especially in sort of the, the types of places where you can get content about sex published, people tend to be it's not a universal but they tend to be more understanding and forgiving and if you email or dm or whatever and go hey uh you know i'm dealing with some illness this week can i get an extra day can i get an extra week it's if they can they'll probably give it to you um there may be circumstances where they can't and then that's when you need to do the fiddling around of okay what else can i shove to the side that i can get something done first so that i Mm-hmm. meet that deadline. Um, but it is radical self-forgiveness to recognize that you have set a goal for yourself that on a perfect day is super achievable, super uh, easy to do. And now you're at mm-hmm. your worst or no, it's not a good it's day not so much. and it's not going to happen. Um, yeah. It does not help that we, we live in societies and cultures that praise that sort of hustle and grind and get it all done. Uh-huh. I have fallen into that trap. I am the person, I know myself well enough at this point, I live for some version of the good girl compliment. I can't believe you <laughs> did that. You're amazing. No. I know, right? Shocking. You're amazing. In shocking news, everyone. Nobody can do what <laughs> Kayla can do. I, I mean, it's actually toxic and unhealthy for me. I get very like in my, in my feelings if I go too long without somebody thinking I've done something great, but it, that can become its own sort of really negative cycle because 
once I hear that often enough, I think I have to keep performing at that level. Now that's kind of something I do to myself, but I will go into overachiever mode on steroids and I have worked through strep throat. I have worked through the flu. I now working for myself, I work through migraines. That is not healthy. I'm doing more Mm -hmm. harm to myself than good. Um, right. And so it takes more willpower for me to go, you know what? It's just not getting done today. It's not getting done today. It, we're going to have to try again tomorrow. The other thing that I do, because I know that that can happen, I try very, very hard to structure my work life so I'm never writing right on deadline. That is is easier for me now that I control client work. I know when it has to go out. It's it's a standard thing that I'm always working on every, it's a weekly thing. So I can uh-huh. start two or three days early, way before I know it needs to go out. And I'm not, when I write for um, pitches and, and ideas and for other publications, sometimes that's a little bit more difficult, but I have started structuring my life so that for the most part, I'm not writing the day something is due. I hate doing Uh that because I know anything could happen, not just Uh something with me, but something in my personal Uh life. So if you, if, if. Or the internet goes down and you can't send it, if it's a piece you've got to send. Exactly. I mean, so many things. So part of that structure of figuring out your schedule and when are you going to work and what are you going to do in a day is to uh, the the expression my I've heard this is where I'm going to show how old I am is make hay while the sun shines. So uh-huh. if I'm feeling good, that's when it's time to jump on stuff. That's when it's time to do stuff. So that when a day or a week comes when I'm not, I feel less behind. Now that is for client paid work. For my personal stuff, um it's trickier. I have Smutlancer. This happens with Smutlancer a lot. It's why I'm relying more on contributors these days. When my mental health goes to shit, I can do a podcast sitting and talking into a microphone, sitting and talking with Molly, where it's my best work wife friend. I can do that. But sitting down to write and then format a blog post, and it feels impossible when my mental health is not good. So mm-hmm. I'll let that slide it, because the thing is, is yes, I want to produce content. And yes, I have goals for that site, for this, that, and the other. But those goals don't have an end date. There's no expiration date on what I'm trying to accomplish. So if Uh I, and this took me many years to get comfortable with, if I had to slow that down in order to keep working on it another day that has to be okay i had to learn to be okay with that uh loving bdsm is the same way i can do the recording and the the podcast stuff that's easy for me i enjoy it i actually even on my worst days i get gain energy from it it feels good but if it's something that doesn't feel good or that feels more like work than play i'll i'll we just won't do it um And that was another thing I had to get really comfortable um, allowing to happen because Uh I needed to take a day off or I needed sort of like Quinn talked about in um, the original question, which is, okay, so I've pushed something to the next day. I've pushed something the next day. Now I have no days off. That is the other thing that it took me a very long time to kind of wrap my mind around. And that is if you've got, in general, good boundaries and structure in place. So you have your work time versus the rest of your lifetime. When you have a week or two weeks where it bleeds in like that in order to get your deadlines met and make your money, the thing Uh I have to constantly remind myself is this is temporary. So I know I can say that because I know kind of the cycle of my mental illness. I also know if it's something outside of me, like the kids or John Brownstone, it's something going on with them. I know I'm fortunate enough to know that that is temporary. So the flare up of whatever's going on, we have to get through that, whether it's a couple days or a couple weeks, and then it will calm back down again and I'll be back to my normal schedule. And I'll Mm -hmm. enjoy that until something flares up again and then we'll go through it. So assuming this is happening at 
the worst times and you understand and there's your worst times, whether it's um, physical or mental are on kind of a cycle. Um, for me, that's what's helped has been because what happens is I would catastrophize. I would get into a week or two where maybe I was only working half days, but I was working every freaking day and I didn't feel like I had any downtime. And I pretty much just walked around going, I'm never going to get a day off again. And then I'd hit a week where this, my mental health was fine and the cycle was over and I only had to work four days that week. And I was like, what the hell was I just complaining about? So uh-huh. I, I, yeah, in the middle of it, especially you start going, this is, this is my life now. This is how it'll be forever. But if you're following a pattern that you, your body or your mind tends to follow and you recognize that pattern and it's not something new and weird and maybe you need to like go see a doctor or something, then you know it's the the cycle, there will be a down part, a down slope to that cycle before it comes back up again. I would imagine that some people with serious chronic conditions, pain, or anything new happening to them, they don't have that luxury of understanding the cycle or feeling like, okay, this will smooth itself out. Um, Mm -hmm. But if you are just in your normal kind of cycle of how things work for you, then that's the thing that I find that helps is to remind myself that it will not always be this way. Um, but yeah. I mean, we should mention actually that we were supposed to record this podcast yesterday. Um, and we didn't mostly because of me. Um, and mostly, so some of it was because the dancing queen had their plans had changed and suddenly it was all very complicated. And so that was like, Oh, how is this going to work? But also I was in a really, I was exhausted yesterday. I've been a very emotional couple of weeks and I think it kind of just caught up with me and I was like, Oh, I don't know. And, um, I felt really guilty and awful for having kind of saying to Kayla, what do you think? Could we like, I know I'm terrible. I'm a terrible work wife. Um, and because she's not a terrible work wife, she was like, don't be silly. It's fine. Let's just do it tomorrow. But I felt awful about it um, and apologized a bazillion times. Um, and still the rest of the evening kept wanting to like send her another message going, I'm really sorry, I'm rubbish. Um However, I also know that I made the right decision saying this is a, I, I, this, and I, the worst thing about it is I left it to the last minute, I guess. But I didn't see it coming until I, it was like right there. And then I was like, A, I don't know if I can do it because of life happening in the background. Um, and B, I, just don't know that I've suddenly I've realized I don't know that I have the spoons for this. So I guess in some ways, this actual recording today is an example of that happening. And so of course, that's bled over into another day for us, when actually today we had planned something completely different. Um, and so now we've kind of got to squish everything into this afternoon, this evening. And or alternatively, does it then flow over into our weekend? Well, we don't want to do that. Da, 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 da. So like, I guess this is in action for us today, this last couple of days on how we have dealt with that. Now, I know it's easy here between Kayla and I because we've been friends for a long time and we've worked together for a while now and it, we understand each other. And so it was, e- it, okay, it wasn't actually easy for me to say to Kayla, I don't know if I can do this today. That's lying if I say that. It wasn't easy. I felt awful doing it. And this is with somebody who I have, a really close relationship with and I still felt awful so doing it with somebody who is perhaps you know a more I'm going to say a more professional relationship not that Kayla and I don't have a professional relationship (laughs) but you know somebody who I don't know as well as as Kayla would have been even harder and I and that's where I think you can find yourself like pushing through and those feelings of guilt are probably worse I think I wish I had like a perfect solution to say, do this thing and you'll feel better. Uh, But I don't. But I do think that you do have to do what is right in order for you to keep functioning and survive. And if that means saying, I can't do this thing right now, I would advocate for that. Even if that means 
like all the other parts of it. And I think that understanding that you're going to feel guilty about doing it, that's probably okay. Like, I think you're allowed to have some, like, let yourself sit with that and go, I feel really bad about that. But here we're back to one of my favorite topics. Eventually you have to come around and go, I forgive myself for doing that. Because none of this was great. This wasn't my best me. I wasn't performing um, my best performance. But this is what I need to do in the moment. And I have to forgive myself right now and and move on. And tomorrow is another day, as Scarlett O'Hara liked to say. Um, and also one of my favorite quotes, because I think there's a lot of value in tomorrow is another day. That at some point you just have to rest it all. You have to set it all aside and be like, I can't change it now. I can't fix it now. I can't, like, there's no benefit to me staying up till four in the morning doing it. Like, I literally have to just say, that's done is done. I have to, what what comes next? Like, what can I do next to make this better? Um, I will say, just going back, when you, before Kayla, just as she started talking, the one thing I wrote down on my pad was deadlines. And so I would say that if you have a deadline for somebody that you're working for, um, those, again, exactly as Kayla said, would be my priority when I'm in that situation, when things aren't going right, when I can't function. Stuff that um, earns me money and that I have a responsibility to someone else because they've employed me to do a thing comes first and foremost that stuff i would be like i would go do extra work you know more do that even when i was feeling like pants um you know i would sit here doing that work because that's my work and i need to get that done because i need to earn the money um and i am lucky that i have really good clients who i would be able to say i can't do this thing right now i mean like this is a problem blah 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 blah. and we would talk about that and work out solution together um and but the deadline thing like so writing um if you're writing a piece for a deadline and your deadline is the whatever today for example um i always write them down in my list of things to do and in my book and in my planner as the deadline like two days before what I've agreed. So I don't like, I know on my on my spreadsheet of doom, which is I share with the client in this, this one example I'm using. So that's a spreadsheet that's shared with the client. They put the shit in, they put the stuff in, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then they put in the deadline and the proposed published date and so I go into that spreadsheet and work from that but I take that and then put it into my own like calendar diary of when things need to get done and so I always take their date and put it in my calendar of when it needs to be done two days before the date that they that it is in the spreadsheet so if I look at my to-do list it will say so say for example it had been due today in my spreadsheet, in my to-do list, in my book, it would say that it needs to be done by the 22nd. Gotcha. That's pretty brilliant. Um, and so it's this, like, and even though I know in my head, as soon as I see it, I go, well, it doesn't really, it needs to be done by the 24th. Somehow seeing it there on the 22nd means like I've planned it in for that. Um, and yeah, that works really well for me because uh, it was something I kept getting wrong like I kept putting it in and being and then like literally sending it on the day or else realizing on the day shit I haven't done it and I've arranged to go and see my mum today and so then I'm like oh my god I'm gonna have to write this at 10 o'clock tonight um and that's why I changed it because then I was like you know what I most of the time now it gets done two days before the deadline but if it doesn't if I've suddenly realized I've double booked and I haven't done it, and I'm meant to be going and see my mum, or recording a podcast with Kayla, or whatever it is that I've fuffed up my diary, I've bought myself two days mm-hmm. by doing that. I've bought myself two days. And so I can be like, it's okay, don't panic. <laughs> Actually, if you do it tomorrow, it's a day over your personal deadline, but it's not past their deadline, and they don't know. 
they don't know. They're still happy because they still get it on the day that they indicated in the thing. Everything is fine. It's only me who's going, oh, I've missed the deadline. And I haven't. So some tricks like that can be really helpful. I would absolutely, like, if I have a deadline of the 24th, I will always put it in the two days early, always, stuff like that, because put, having it in my head that it's due on the 24th, it has been, can work out as a kind of disaster for me. So putting those two days in buys myself two days and it's got me out of a sticky, sticky situation on a number of occasions. And most of the time I hit that two days early. And do you know that is the most satisfying thing when you send it off to the client two days early and this client, they love me. <laughs> and they're always like, we love working with you and your stuff's so good and you always send it really a bit early. And, blah, blah, blah. and I was like, ah, <laughs> The joy of that, though, is when I do say to them, I'm sick, I'm this, I'm that, they're like, oh, God, don't worry. Don't worry, it's fine. We can, like, don't worry. Because I guess I have uh, you built that relationship with somebody where they're like, they never really have to worry about you producing the shit. And so when you do then say this thing is happening, they're like don't worry it's absolutely fine like it's a what it's not a problem so yeah deadline money work is the stuff where like if you're in that situation say in some ways just gift yourself that and say i only have to do this thing because this is the paid thing and the other things i'm not going to do i'm going to re-put them in my list for next week some of them i might even drop whatever um that would be like how i would deal with those things where it's like Sometimes as well, you just have to go, you know what, that's just, I'm just going to drop that. I've just, I just don't have time to write that thing that I said I was going to write. Or it will go on my list for the future that I'll get around to writing when I can fit it in. Um, I think like it's important to be able to do that. And I think, as I said, the most important thing is that you produce the work that you've promised somebody that if they're paying you, like that must be, your priority because presumably you need to get paid like all of us um and those are relationships that you want to cultivate and do best um yeah and i think knowing that it's you are going to feel guilty about those times when you do it i think that's normal but also really working on the set on that bit where you go okay now i just have to set that aside and like it's so easy to talk about it and then when you're in the moment, like yes, like today, I'm a completely different person than I was yesterday. You know, Kayla was nice to me yesterday and I started crying. Um, Which sucks because I was like on the other side of a computer screen and an ocean. I'm like, but but my, my friend is crying and I can't, I don't, and, and I'm thinking, and this is what I come back to on this. And I think more people forget this or don't realize this than than they should because i couldn't be mad at you because we've all been there first of all i wanted to come for you because you're my friend but also uh -huh. it happens we all go through this and i think that that is the worst part of sort of our hustle culture where especially social media or whatever we're doing online because we're only showing the highlight reel online we're only showing the best sure. moment M most of us when it gets really bad, we might put out like one sad tweet, but then we go off and we hide somewhere. Maybe it's out of guilt or shame, or maybe it's because we know we have to take care of ourselves. So we're just not going to be online. Mm -hmm. But what that means is that when we're going through it and we're scrolling through Twitter or Instagram or wherever, all we see are people having happy, smiley successes. And we're thinking, uh -huh. why can't I be like that person? And what we don't know is that that person might have done what I've done, which is work through a two-day migraine, even though that was the worst thing ever. Or they might have cried in their cereal before they ever posted that happy tweet about this new thing that got published. Or they might have, you know, we don't know what everybody's going through. But the thing that I am sure of is that as creative people, whatever kind of content you're creating, we all have some level of this, especially when you're working for yourself and you recognize that you're not going to earn money if you don't do the work, if you don't produce the thing, if you don't meet the deadline. That's a lot of added pressure um, that, especially when you're kind of new to it, um, 
you're not used to. You don't know how to navigate it yet. But if we start self-isolating and thinking that we're the only one and we're the fuck up and we're the failure, no, we're we're human and it happens. Um, one of the things you said that I definitely, definitely am down with is cultivating that relationship with a paying client because it does give mm-hmm. you a lot more freedom. Um, and again, sh- sometimes we work with the assholes because they're the ones paying the bills for right now. But the moment you can get rid of the asshole, sure. I love the fact that I get to say yes or no to potential work now. I have that choice. I have that luxury. I might not always mm-hmm. have that luxury. Anything can happen. Um, but I have that luxury. So I only work with people who um, value the work that I do respect my boundaries, uh, are not hounding me. If you are all up in my DMs or my email or my Skype, every moment of every day, this relationship will not last. I do not have time for this. Um, And that because I'm doing my part in that relationship to deliver the content in general on time at, at the quality that they expect and they know they can depend on me, just like your example, the one time I was like super sick, I don't know, it was a bad migraine or something. I was sending messages going, I am so sorry. I've never done this, but this migraine is bad. I've got to lay down for a couple of days. And ev- to a person, they were all like, not a problem. It's fine. That's the other thing I think sometimes we need perspective on. And I can't remember. Might have been Ducky Doolittle. I saw this tweet from over a year ago. It might have been Ducky, but it might have been somebody else. But they basically said, sex toys will never constitute an emergency. There is nothing urgent <laughs> about, se- and in their case, I think it was Ducky because they were talking about like the sex toy industry. But when I think of what I'm making, I find the content that I make, I hope it's valuable to whoever is consuming it. I think the work I do is important and it's meaningful to me, but I am very well aware that nothing that I am submitting to a client or posting to a site is solving world peace or ending world hunger. Okay. We are not putting out fires in buildings like this is. So the moment I saw that, I, I mean, talk about perspective. So yes, we have our own goals and we have the things that drive us. And sometimes that is the money we need to earn so we can, you know, pay the mortgage. Like I get Uh that. Um, but nothing we do is so serious that we have now failed because we took a day or a week off to take care of our health. And quite frankly, if you're not taking care of yourself, you can't do the work that you want to do. Yeah. So uh, now that I went on a rant, is, is it a podcast of any kind under any title? If Kayla doesn't go on a rant, probably not. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add? Because I, th- I could go on, but I'm going to stop. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, I hope that we've covered it. I hope we've, like, that's why I wanted to talk about the fact that we basically did this between ourselves the last day or so, because I think it could be really easy to listen to this podcast and go, oh, they've got it all sorted out. They've got it all wrapped up. It all works for them. And the point of bringing up that example was, yes, it does, but it does because sometimes we just say we can't do this thing. And then we have to work out how we, you know, change our diaries and our next few days or potentially week or whatever to do that. You know, things we've learned as we've gone along, like don't leave it to the last week of the month to record because you've left yourself no emergency space if something goes wrong. We've certainly had tech problems in the past that have stopped us recording. We've had tech problems in the past where we've recorded and it didn't fucking work. And then we've had like these situations where somebody is just not capable or in the right space or something comes up in their life where they're not able to do it. And so that was kind of why I wanted to bring that up to be like, it would be so easy to listen to us and just think that we're like, everything is easy and we've got it all sorted and we haven't. But I think between us, we've developed a lot of coping skills and um dealt with it a lot in various different ways that hopefully some of this advice is helpful and i i also know that probably lots of it sounds really easy and i know it's really harder to do especially when you're in the midst of it if you're in the midst of being ill um 
everything feels a thousand times shittier than it would and harder to deal with than if you were fine. Um, then you'd be able to see it all more clearly and plan it out and lay it all out, which is what you do do. And then something goes wrong and it's all a bit fucked up. So I guess that my my parting shot is breathe through it a bit. You, you will come out the other side. I, I just believe you will. You just muddle through, do the best you can, prioritise the absolute things that need doing to the top, let everything else, let all go to part. Let yourself breathe. Give yourself a day off. Because if you don't, like, if you let it breathe, as, as Quinn said, if you let, if you keep doing that, then you've, you're eating up your day off because you put everything off. And so now you're doing it on your day off. And sometimes you just have to say, I'm still going to have my day off and I'm going to start again the next day fresh and get on with it. Um, and I think it's really important to try to still do that, to not constantly let it bleed over into your downtime because otherwise there's never any end in sight and I don't like long term I think you're just going to end up burnt out and exhausted and probably hating what you do rather than enjoying it so those are my parting thoughts on this subject and if we've raised something and you want to ask us more about this or you want us to talk more about this and like bring it up again if there's like certain aspects of it that you're struggling with we can always address it in a mailbag or whatever but yeah, I hope this is helpful. Yeah, I, you know, I think sometimes it's it's more just being reminded that you're not the only one going through it. You're not alone. Even people who seem to have their shit together can absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I know. I know. Every time my mental illnesses just take over, I'm for shit at it. I just every single time I get a little bit better about it. Even if what I'm better about is just recognizing that I'm gonna have to lay lay down and I'm just going to have to not get Uh something done. Um, But yeah, that the balance between the two, especially when you have things that will, will cause the balance to go out of whack, out of alignment because you're dealing with things. It's, it's something that it's an imperfect art. There's no science to it. And we all muddle through until we find what uh-huh. kind of works for us. And then what I've always found is I find what works for me. And then a, a monkey wrench gets thrown into that and I got to adjust again. And I think that's just the nature of it. So just do the best you can. Right. That's all any of us are doing is the best that we can. So on that, we are going to wrap up this episode. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Quinn, for always asking the very interesting questions. Um, yeah. And we will see you next week when we do our monthly Q&A mailbag episode. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Smut Lancer podcast. If you like what you just heard, please leave a review on your favorite podcast app and check out the blog, past episodes, and other great information at thesmutlancer.com. You can follow the Smut Lancer on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. It's at the Smut Lancer in all three places. Or follow Eroticon on Twitter or Instagram at Eroticon UK, all one word, Eroticon UK. For more tips, tricks, and help from your fellow Smut Lancers, join us at patreon.com slash the Smut Lancers. Thanks for listening. Let's do this again next week. Mm-hmm.